This is Radio Stockdale. Welcome to Radio Stockdale. I'm your host, Michael Sears, at the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership. With AI, especially in education, the elephant in the room is plagiarism. In this, the third installment, we're continuing our conversation with Professor Yovana Davidovich. Dr. Davidovich is the Chief Ethics Officer at Babel AI, and she is also an Associate Professor at the University of Iowa and the Senior Fellow here at the Stockdale Center. We've spoken to her many times about AI and ethics. Welcome, Yovana, back to Radio Stockdale. Thanks for having me back, Michael. We're going to talk this time really with a focus on education. Quite frankly, to educators, to faculty, staff, coaches, but we're also kind of talking to students because we're talking about artificial intelligence when they think about plagiarism. Let's break that down a little bit. What does the use of AI tools mean with plagiarism across the board? So I think usually what, what people have in mind when they think about AI and plagiarism is really they're thinking about generative AI and plagiarism. We had already talked about in previous installments about that we can use the AI in all sorts of ways in education. We can use it to learn. And we can use it to prep for an exam by using personalized learning systems. I think when it comes to plagiarism, most professors and most students have been thinking mostly about using large language models and generative AI to create uh, pieces of writing for a variety of uh, classes or a variety of situations. Um, and there's all sorts of really interesting and difficult questions that the use of generative AI and large language models gives rise to when it comes to plagiarism. There are all sorts of circumstances um, where using generative AI need not be plagiarism. And then there are cases where I think obviously it is. <laughs> and so it's just complicated our sort of world. There's this new tool on the scene and depending on how you use it and depending on what the class is and depending on the assignment, it might be sort of the quintessential example of academic dishonesty and plagiarism, or it might be completely innocent. And so we're all as educators and students trying to, I think, sort of find our way through this new landscape. You know, I don't want to push this too far, but let's let's talk a little bit more about plagiarism in the context of, of, of the podcast. And I'm going to say that because after you and I get finished talking here, I'm going to take what we say and do some editing, but I'm using technology, digital tools to edit that. I don't know if I'm, I think I'm creating a better podcast. Um, I, I, I say that because, you know, years ago there was concerns about using Google for search or or using Grammarly or all these other tools. Is that plagiarism in this context or is it is it just someone who just puts in a prompt? That's exactly, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, cases like that, I think that we sort of worried about the use of search engines to do some of our research for us. Those are exactly the sorts of things that when they first came on the scene, uh, we thought to ourselves, oh my goodness, is this a form of plagiarism? Is the student not doing what they're supposed to be doing on their own? You know, flipping through books and looking through articles and talking to librarians to do their quote unquote own research. Um, I think now uh, almost nobody that I can think of except in very particular special circumstances where they're, let's say, studying library studies and need to learn how to use the library, would think that using a search engine to find, let's say, a relevant article would count as a form of not doing your own research or some form of academic dishonesty. And so um, 
similar things you can think of or parallel things are happening with generative AI. I mean, there are cases where, you know, for most classes and most assignments, using generative AI wouldn't be a problem. Imagine having to do a presentation for a class and you have to build like a, you wrote a paper and I have to present that paper for a class and you're making a PowerPoint and you use, let's say, generative AI to find images that are good for your presentation. I think implicitly speaking for most professors, depending on what the class is, that wouldn't count as a form of plagiarism, um, nor would what you're doing, right? Using technology, software, and AI to help you edit uh, a recording. Um, and so there are those sorts of pretty innocent uses of AI and generative AI, like search engines, maybe finding some Im images for your presentation. Um, but on the other hand, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, you might have cases where a professor says, write a paper, this is a topic, do your own research and do your own writing. And then you go to chat GPT and you enter the prompt, right? So there's a wide range of full, you know, from one end, which is completely innocent and compatible, I think, with um, most sort of academic um, integrity practices. And on the other end, things that are straight up like plagiarism. The problem is this stuff in the middle. The problem is cases where maybe the professor says, write your own paper, and you're trying to come up with an idea. And so you go to ChatGPT and you have this long conversation and you ask it to give you an example of something and then you challenge it and it gives you another example. And then you challenge it again and you say, I don't understand, can you say it in a different way? And, and through that, you sort of maybe learn something new or a new concept and then you use that idea maybe, right? That you developed with ChatGPT uh, or maybe you use parts of the exchange with ChatGPT. That's when it gets real complicated. All right. So you mentioned ChatGPT, uh, you know, also large language models. Let's talk about what in your sense is not plagiarism. Let's say I'm in the chemistry lab and I'm trying to figure out the reaction of reagents as I'm putting them into some type of crucible, but I don't want to actually run specifically run that experiment. Can I, can I use AI to, to simulate that experience? And is that plagiarism in a sense? Uh, I mean, depends on, of course, it, there's a sense in which it could be plagiarism. A professor explicitly says, don't do this, then it could be academic dishonesty, of course. But if, if the professor does not say it's, it's not permitted, then it strikes me as just a tool for learning. I mean, it's, it's very much like the example I think of, I've given before. We can use, you know, we've talked in previous uh, podcasts about using a personalized learning system or adaptive learning system. ChatGPT is one of the best personalized learning systems out there. You can ask it questions and it can explain stuff to you. And then if you don't understand it, you can get, ask it for examples. And if those examples don't work for you, you can ask it for more examples. And so there are certain cases where you can use generative AI uh, like that, which are just, I think, quintessentially not plagiarism. You're just learning by using generative AI. Now, if you use, again, the output of that, uh, and present it as your own to your professor, then you know, then it, then we're definitely getting much closer to potential plagiarism. My sense here, Ivana, is that plagiarism is not necessarily something you're getting with large language models or or generative AI. It's it's more of a policy issue. And what I mean by policy is, you know, what the prof is asking for. You know what you're supposed to do. And it, it, you might use technology, you might use just the number two pencil. Is plagiarism, you, you know, when you see it or just because you're using the tools, does that mean you might be plagiarizing something? 
So no, I think it depends on obvious. So it depends on two key things. It depends on whether or not a professor explicitly prohibited the use of it, and then whether the professor prohibited the use of it for the purpose of, let's say, learning. Uh, but in in cases where you're just using generative AI to learn, that should not probably in most cases count as as, as plagiarism. In cases where you're using generative AI to create pieces of writing that you then put your name onto and present as if you did it yourself, that's a significant problem. So that does strike me as plagiarism. Again, there's all sorts of cases in between where, you know, maybe you're giving it little prompts or maybe you're just using it to polish your language or maybe you're just sort of using it to come up with a good example. That's where it gets much more difficult. Imagine you wrote a 10-page paper, but the example you're using came up, came through you sort of chatting with ChatGPT. So that's that's where I think flagging it maybe with a footnote and saying, this is how the example came about might be good. It might also, you know, it might also not even be needed. I mean, imagine if I'm talking to you and I'm telling you, oh, you know, Mike, I have to write this paper about the Second World War. And I'm really trying to decide, you know, uh, what's the best example of whatever, the allies making great advances. And then you give me an example. You say something like, oh, I think this was it. And then I use that in a paper. I mean, that doesn't strike me as plagiarism. It strikes me as learning through conversation with you. And so, you know, again, it really depends on how you use how you use generative AI. If you have a two-page document and you present it as your own and you had no, you know, you had no input other than the prompt, then that strikes me as plagiarism. Everything short of that really depends on what the professor said you could or could not do and how exactly you engaged with generative AI. Sounds to me like it's not much different than back in the day you'd, you know, you'd, you'd extract a paragraph from the Encyclopedia Britannica, put it in your term paper, and you present that as your own without footnoting it. Yeah, that to some extent, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's a quintessential example of plagiarism if you just take somebody else's writing, even though that's somebody, quote unquote, else's AI, you take somebody else's writing, something you did not come up with and put your name to it. Let's end on this note. They're talking directly to faculty, staff, professors here. What can we do as educators to address the issues we might have, either through technology or the way we present things or the way we teach? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's the key question, because in spite of the fact that I think many uses of generative AI are not plagiarism, there has been an uptick in the use of generative AI for plagiarism. And then the question becomes, what are you teaching and why are you teaching it? And this is a beautiful time for us as professors, especially those of us who've been doing it for a while, to take a step back, look at how we teach things and ask ourselves, you know, first of all, what are our pedagogical aims? What are we trying to instill in our students? Is it critical thinking? Is it writing skills? Is it some sort of content knowledge? And then how do our assessments that many of us, you know, used, I used the same assessments for the last seven or eight years because I thought I'd come up with good ones. Um, but how do our assessments that we have contribute to those aims of critical thinking or skills in critical thinking, uh, creative writing or technical writing and so on? And then we can ask ourselves, okay, is there alternatives? So if, if generative AI is, you know, let's say you're trying to teach critical thinking skills or you're trying to teach writing in particular, well, obviously, generative AI could pose a problem there, or the misuse of generative AI could pose a problem there. That's a great time to consider alternatives. So are there other ways of, of having students write? Maybe write in class. Maybe write, and then you give feedback, and then they write some more. So 
there's basically three things we should be thinking about. One is new forms of assessments that also serve our aims, but are sensitive to worries about plagiarism by generative AI. Two, we have to be very careful of the fact that I think enforcement is very hard for generative AI, so we shouldn't rely on that. <laughs> um, and then three is embracing it. Um, you know, many of our students who do go into writing intensive jobs are going to be using generative AI. So it would be really irresponsible of us not to be teaching them how to use it responsibly and well, how to use it in a way that's going to make them better in their careers. So I think combining those three enforcement mechanisms, which again are very weak, changing methods of grading and assessment uh, so as to not be as liable or vulnerable to cheating. And three, I think most importantly, uh, also teaching, not just, but also embracing generative AI and teaching, writing through generative AI, critical thinking through generative AI, and so on. Professor Ivana Davidovich, it's going to be an arms race going forward, but it's been that way for a long time in, in education. Thanks for joining us on Radio Stockdale. Thank you for having me back. You've been listening to Radio Stockdale, a series of podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center for Ethical Leadership at the United States Naval Academy. You can hear more podcasts at stockdalecenter.com slash podcasts.